You're listening to a Budapest Beacon podcast. My name is Ben Novak. Joining me in the studio today, Mr. Lajos Bokros, chairman of MoMA Movement for Modern Hungary. Lajos, thanks a lot for coming by today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an interesting month and a half, two months. To say so, the least. You know, it would be disingenuous of me to our to our listeners here if I didn't bring up the tough questions. Busta Yajibet left the party back in December, I believe. Yeah. Um, and this, this deal with a Democratic Coalition fell apart. What's going on at MoMA? MoMA is preparing itself for the elections. Some other people left the party also, so that's not uh, so important, but they left uh, on their own. It's uh, their own decision. Uh, but we have been able to recruit many more, especially candidates for the upcoming elections. So it is now vital that we field as many candidates as it is possible. And also, hopefully, we will be able to file a list for the elections so people can uh, see the MoMA logo and the MoMA name and my face and everything uh, on the ballot paper. And they can uh, select and vote for a genuine liberal conservative party, which is uh, involved in uh, European politics and Hungarian politics as well. Unfortunate thing is that uh, the left uh, uh, opposition in Hungary did not want to cooperate uh, with us. But uh, that uh, tells a lot uh, about uh, them, first and foremost, that they don't want uh, uh, systemic change and system change here. We want uh, system change. For that to happen, we need to get into the parliament and we will. The way I'm reading the situation now is that there is a difference between what we saw in the 2013-2014 opposition unity. There seems to be a swallowing up of small left-wing parties by these comparatively larger left-wing parties. There are three goals, what I have heard out of these tough negotiations I have had with the Democraticus Coalitio for four months from the 1st of September until uh, the end of December. Uh, those two larger socialist parties, which uh, feel themselves uh, entitled to lead the opposition, uh, want to get rid of the small parties at any rate. This is one important objective. Why? Uh, because uh, uh, they feel that they uh, need more space and it's a zero-sum game from their perspective. So if the small parties gain something, Uh, they gain less. And this is very closely related to the fact that they also fight each other. Uh, The Socialist Party offered to have a nationwide list for all the democratic opposition in order to hide the fact that it may be already smaller than Democraticus Coalitio, while in turn Democraticus Coalitio wanted to have a separate list because it wants to show that it is larger than MSP. Mm -hmm. So, as you can see, tactical considerations are more important than strategic. And the third objective is money. Uh, All these parties fight for money and want to maximize the fiscal support they get from the Electoral Commission. And for that, they need to field uh, as many candidates as it is possible. 
because there, there are certain thresholds above which uh, you get uh, disproportionately more. And they told me openly. So it is not a kind of a suspicion or a kind of a suggestion what I repeat to you, but this is what they said, plain and simple. But in the democratic coalition? Yes. Yeah, but the Socialist Party is pretty much the same. What was the Democratic Coalition's um, original intention by announcing this collaboration with, with MoMA? Back in what, September, was it? Yes, it was on the very first day of September when we had this uh, so-called uh, uh, joint country movement, Közös Ország Mozgalom, which had a Agora type of uh, demonstration yeah, this is the at the beginning of, beginning of uh, Alkotmány Street yeah. here in Budapest. And um, at that time, uh, uh, Ferenc Gyurcsány had uh, pushed me uh, every day very hard that we should announce something because it is in the interest of the joint opposition. Since it was MoMA, uh, my party, which uh, came up with the idea of uh, a complete uh, uh, unified uh, list of the democratic opposition more than one year ago, uh, I felt it was a good step to the right direction, so I did not resist the temptation. In, we negotiated in good faith with the Democratic Coalition, and it was the only suspicious thing was that the MSP never wanted to talk to us, uh, because in the background, DECA and MSP made an agreement between themselves that they negotiate separately so that they can divide the small parties and the remaining of the democratic opposition. Uh, they uh, lied to us and they uh, 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 tried to hide their uh, uh, real uh, intentions and purposes. Uh, then, uh, you know, I lost my patience and I called Jutschein Ferenc and uh, asked him uh, to tell me the truth, nothing but the truth. And then he finally, finally grudgingly told me that uh, uh, they don't want to include MoMA in any agreement. We lost uh, a year with the Socialists and we lost uh, four months uh, with the Democratic Coalition. But now we don't want to lose more time. So we uh, have no choice but to give up uh, our original intention of unify the whole Democratic opposition. Uh, we will field as many candidates as we can. We will have a nationwide list uh, and we will get into parliament. Now, the National Election Committee says that you need to run candidates in 27 electoral districts in nine counties, including the Including Budapest, yes, we, we are going to do that. Do you have all the candidates yes, so far? Yes, we have uh, close to 50 candidates in the right composition. You have critics who say that you have no place in politics anymore. In fact, I've read really tough criticism of you in recent weeks. So here's your opportunity to clear the air. Why are you involved in politics? Because it is now very important to fight for liberal democracy. It is very important to fight for constitutional liberty. It is very important to fight for uh, uh, a better uh, cooperation and coexistence with uh, other nations in the Carpathian Basin. It's very important to uh, spread the word about uh, tolerance and uh, about uh, uh, democracy 
uh, among the widest possible uh, uh, groups and uh, strata of Hungarian uh, uh, population. Uh, we have a patriotic duty today to stand up against uh, uh, autocracy. We have a patriotic and also civic duty, maybe even a moral duty, uh, to stand up uh, against uh, hatred, uh, xenophobia uh, and discrimination. And I also have a special duty uh, to stand up for the values of the European Union as a former member of the European Parliament and also as uh, someone who is still having an international career. I have to defend the remaining good name of this country. Do you have any hope in the, in the younger generation looking around? You're a university professor, not just in Hungary, but also in Romania. Yeah, I do. Taking a look at the young Hungarians, uh, yeah. does this give you hope? Yes, it does, especially in Romania, because uh, in Romania we still have uh, a liberal democracy and uh, the universities are by and large better than in Hungary. They are not under the uh, uh, direct intervention of uh, the government. Uh, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of teaching is uh, intact in Romania and it is important to uh, tell uh, those uh, young Hungarians uh, the truth uh, not only about uh, their own situation there but also what is happening in the so-called mother country uh, which is important for many of them because at least their parents uh, may have the right uh, to vote in the Hungarian national elections. So it turns out that 1,300 people were granted asylum in Hungary last year. Yeah. And Fidesz is, is kind of dancing around this topic. They don't know what to, d what to do with this now that it's become public knowledge. Uh, what do you make of this? I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a very weird kind of political yes. scandal that's going on right now. So it turns out that Fidesz actually did offer asylum to some people, yep. but they kept it very hush-hush. They didn't want anybody to know about it. Right. For me, the situation is quite simple. On the one hand, uh, uh, Fidesz feels that uh, it is politically uh, profitable for them to whip up uh, xenophobia and hate because the Hungarian people, by and large, according to their estimate, uh, are afraid of uh, uh, aliens, uh, foreign people. Uh, they uh, feel that uh, most of the people are ignorant. Uh, people don't uh, speak languages here. Uh, as a consequence, ignorance uh, 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 leads to fear and fear leads to hate. This is a very simple reasoning. It's, it's very fascist. Yes, it is. That's what I have also stated many times, that it's a, it's a fascist type of thinking, but uh, they feel this is uh, the truth. Now, on the other hand, they need the money of the European Union because without uh, this... Um, external financing and transfer, which is a huge amount of income, uh, the Hungarian economy would not survive for a single week. So it is important for them to accommodate some of the wishes of the European Union 
at least in a clandestine way, even if uh, in the open, they keep uh, 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 telling them this uh, fascist propaganda because that is for domestic consumption. And uh, it is consistent with the Pavotan's approach, uh, which is the uh, uh, behavior of our prime minister. And he believes that for small nations, uh, that is not only acceptable, but also morally and politically justifiable, because there is no other way for a small nation to survive in the jungle of larger nations. So for me, it is simple. And uh, I don't know whether you have seen the reports of today, which reveal another interesting, uh, you may say, scandalous uh, uh, act. Uh, many uh, members of the European Parliament uh, coming from Fridesz uh, voted positively on a, on a proposal of the European Parliament, which deliberately, deliberately calls and openly calls governments to support uh, uh, those uh, civil society organizations who support uh, refugees. This is very interesting. So the great majority of uh, MEPs from Fidesz voted together with the European People's Party on this proposal positively, which is in brutal contradiction uh, with uh, uh, the propaganda uh, they use uh, for local consumption in Hungary. Now, we've got this NGO bill, this newest NGO bill. It imposes extra reporting requirements on organizations that the government believes are supporters of illegal migration. It would impose a 25% tax on their foreign income, and it would impose an eight-kilometer restraining order to the border, preventing those the government deems as supporters of illegal migration from getting anywhere near the border or the transit zones. Now, this could be even lawyers. What do you make of this? How serious is this? Anything can pass if uh, the ruling party wants it to pass. So I would not be surprised if it passed uh, fairly soon. Um, it's interesting to see that it's a further withdrawal of democratic rights. So it is totally consistent with this uh, fascist approach, uh, which uh, is now the dominant ideology within Fidesz. Um, they want to uh, uh, frighten civil society even further. They know very well that there are so-called three important pillars of uh, the system of checks and balances in a liberal democracy. The press, the judiciary, and civil society. Uh, their first move, you remember, was to restrict uh, press freedom, and since then they eliminated it by and large, uh, not by uh, prohibitions, but simply, uh, you know, killing those uh, uh, news uh, organizations uh, which uh, could have uh, supported uh, uh, democratic, over. yeah, eliminated in one way or another. Uh, they restricted very much the independence of the judiciary, not so much by restricting the scope of activity of the judges and, uh, and uh, the courts, but interestingly, uh, uh, they allow courts to uh, uh, rule in civil cases the way they feel it is appropriate, but the uh, prosecutorial office and the police are completely under their influence. So whenever Fides and company breaches the law, 
there could be no legal remedy well, they turn a blind against, eye to it. Yes. Uh, in most cases, whenever there is a, uh, uh, an appeal or a case uh, forwarded by uh, anyone from uh, 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 the economy or society or political parties or civil organizations, uh, the prosecutorial office uh, declares it uh, null and void immediately. And uh, in the absence of anything uh, important, they just refuse even to have an investigation. So it protects completely the ruling elite, uh, and they can be as corrupt as they wanted, and they can change the law in such a way that whatever they do is not going to be called corruption anymore. So it is more than just, uh, you know, behaving against the law. It is just change. It is also changing the law in such a way that their behavior should not be considered anymore an aberration or a misdemeanor. Civil society uh, has been quite uh, active and uh, rather independent in this country for a long time. But it is also an important fact that uh, uh, it is an incipient civil society in the sense that uh, uh, there is no tradition and habit of uh, 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 donating uh, funds uh, on the part of uh, rich people or, or middle class or, uh, you know, uh, independent people of uh, free professions. Uh, well, there has so very, really very little civic civic activity. Philanthropy hasn't really. Yeah, but that that's, that that uh, has an important consequence. Uh, most of the funding is coming from abroad. Especially for human rights organizations yes. and civil yeah. rights organizations. As a consequence, it is easy to. Uh, just uh, eliminate these uh, civil society organizations if they can uh, stop uh, their funding from abroad. And this is what is happening right now. Rogan Anto wants to ban George Soros from the country. That's not possible. I don't think uh, it would happen. Uh, actually, we know that uh, Mr. Soros is a Hungarian citizen, so he cannot be just uh, expelled uh, so easily or, or banned from, from coming here. Uh, or uh, prevent, prevented uh, to come here, uh, but it's, a, it's a, a convenient name for this piece of legislation, which is not about Soros, it's about civil society. So, so it is, it is uh, uh, just uh, a facade, it's just uh, uh, to, to uh, convey the message to the people that uh, civil society organizations are all in the payroll of Mr. Soros and other traitors of the fatherland. Isn't it bizarre that for the last three years, all we hear about is George Soros? The government has plastered his presence everywhere. Newspapers, online, television, radio, everywhere. This is literally all they have, a bogus hate campaign against George Soros. It's uh, quite unique, uh, but it is not unprecedented. Well, in the region especially. Yes, not. yes. You have uh, the same situation in many other countries where... Uh, Mr. Soros uh, uh, provided a, a very conf convenient uh, figure of, uh, of uh, anything which is uh, in opposition to uh, autocracy. And um, uh, his uh, uh, name and his personality uh, uh, reflects uh, many uh, important uh, characteristic features which can be combined in a, in a synthetic hate so to speak. He is uh, rich, uh, he is uh, a philanthropist, uh, he is liberal, and he is a Jew. So all these things uh, matter 
for the present government, uh, and that's why it can be proven time and again that it's a fascist regime. It was announced this week that the Association of Christian Intellectuals was going to hold a special birthday mass for Hungary's wartime leader and notorious anti-Semite Miklos Horthy on January 27th, which just happens to be International Holocaust Remembrance Day, the day that Auschwitz was liberated. The international outcry was so great that the church eventually backed out of the idea. Um, you were at a memorial event recently, one remembering the liberation of the Budapest ghetto. Tell me about that. We had a commem- commemoration in Doha and Utsa Zsinagoga. It's a very nice uh, commemoration. Actually, not only the chief rabbi of Hungary and uh, the president of the Hungarian Jewish Association, Mozihis, was there, but also uh, Tarlus István, the mayor of Budapest. And uh, most of the speeches uh, uh, explicitly stated that uh, uh, anti-Semitic policies, uh, oppression, uh, the the oppression of, of the Jewish people did not start uh, on the day of the German occupation. But it started much earlier. Actually, it started in 1920 with the first uh, 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 numerus clausus uh, law. First anti-Semitic laws yes. in Europe in the 20th right. century. And uh, it was infor- important uh, uh, to state uh, that uh, the whole Horti regime, as we say here, uh, uh, discriminated against uh, uh, some group of Hungarian citizens. So it was not only just an illiberal, non-democratic regime, but it was openly cruel, inhumane and oppressive. In that light, I would say, and I was a part of this commemoration in Doha Nyutsa Zsinagoga, so it's important that we were there uh, with some of my friends and colleagues. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is that uh, whoever is celebrating Horti Miklos uh, is uh, celebrating someone who has contributed tremendously to the destruction of the rule of law destruction of democracy and an inhumane, uh, cruel oppression of Hungarian citizens, uh, which uh, uh, started right after the uh, First World War. And uh, the legacy of the present government is exactly the same. So while I acknowledge that uh, it's a continuation of the same ideology and same policy, Uh, it is important for us to state very clearly that uh, it is unacceptable. So let's wrap this podcast up. Is there anything else you want voters to know about MoMA's election campaign? One important uh, uh, element uh, which uh, people need to know, uh, although we would be perhaps in a position to uh, make use of uh, uh, fiscal funds, i.e. taxpayer money, Uh, for the campaign, uh, we refuse to do that on moral grounds. We can get, everybody can do that, uh, but we deliberately feel that we don't want to use public money for our own electoral campaign. So It's a different call. So if MoMA feels 
that it does not want to use public funds for its campaign. How is MoMA going to pay for its campaign? Uh, we will use our own resources. All candidates of my party have a job, they have uh, revenues, and those who do not have sufficient amount of funds uh, will get uh, from me and from those other colleagues uh, who can afford uh, supporting this uh, uh, important endeavor. Lajos, thank you very much for coming on. We look forward to seeing what MoMA is able to accomplish Thank you. in this next election.